0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our GYST podcast, where we help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit. Shit Together. Ladies and gentlemen, right off the bat, we are going to warn you on two things. One, we are all sitting in different seats. So it's kind of throwing us off. <laughs> I did not think that's what you were going to say. Oh, sorry. I should have started by saying, spoiler alert, we're all sitting in different seats. <laughs> so uh, that kind of leads us into the topic of today. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, so we are Flesh-sharp. going to talk about spoilers. Everything from why do people do it, and we're, we're going to kind of dive in deep a little bit on, on why people do it. What's the reasoning behind it? Are they doing it maliciously, intentionally, unintentionally? As what's well the impact that it makes. And you are gonna hear some pretty sad stories. Uh, well, good stories, but you know, it, it might make you sad from from Kyle and Glenn, who have been victims of said spoilers. So starting it off, I'm one of your co hosts or tri hosts. Tri hosts. Well co hosts doesn't necessarily mean two, right? I don't know. Co does. Co means two. Cooperate. Yeah. Co-ed. Co-op? I'm part of a co-op. All right. Co-ed. Hmm. Um, Good question. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm Rohit Rohila. You man, Kyle Reed. Glenn Rux here. All right,
1: fellas. So... That, that was different, I noticed. Our seating arrangement changed that. That did feel a little weird. You're, right, yeah. you're right. You're yeah. right. You're yeah. right. Man, <laughs> so we've got a couple stories. I mean, I know I have one about spoilers, but I mean, I first I think I want to talk about what is a Spoiler. What
2: do you consider a spoiler, Glenn? Um, telling someone the end
0: of a story. (laughs) The end of a story? Oh, yeah. I'm guilty of doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Having been to well over 100 movies at the theater with Glenn, I will agree with him. Oh, yeah, you do see lots of movies. I
1: do. I I, I used to, yeah. I think that I have a tendency to be a victim of a spoiler far more because I don't see very many movies. Um... Yeah, that's good. I think I like that. I think it could be, it doesn't have to be the end though, necessarily either. It could could be be any sort of of, like, yeah, a plot point or a climactic
2: point of a movie or a book uh, or an experience, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just think ruining the experience of the event itself. Yeah. Altering someone's experience, ruining their experience, whatever that looks like. I like that. I'm going to write that down real quick. Say it's more than altering. I I, I tend to think of spoilers in the negative because you can always alter a person's experience for the better. Mm -hmm. But a spoiler, in my opinion, is always something negative. So, ruining that experience Mm -hmm. versus just altering it. Okay, okay. Yeah, spoiler does, I would agree, does
1: have a negative connotation. I still like the word altering simply because ruining does sound really, really bad to me. It's very negative to me. <laughs> yeah, I, mean. I dig it. I dig it. Well, shoot, man. I mean, I figured we just yeah. Let's let's dive right in. I've I've got one that I still will not forget to this day, and it was, I don't even know. Does it either of you guys know when the movie came out that I mentioned earlier? Uh, it was 07. You, was it really? Yeah, eleven yeah, years ago. That's yeah. when
2: the uh, Camaro was announced, right?
0: Huh? The Camaro. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you mean by that. All the vehicles were Chevrolet. Yeah.
2: yeah. Glenn when they announced it. it. He's got the Volt. They showed it before it released. I loved it. It was a
1: spoiler in in a way. So years and years and years ago, right, when uh, the first Michael Bay Transformers movie came out. Was Michael Bay? Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Transformers movie came out. Uh, Somebody thought it would be hilarious to tell me that Optimus Prime dies. And, of course, I tried to convince myself that I didn't believe them. That was my first reaction. Because I was, when I found out, I was getting ready to go to the movie. It was like same day, I got the tickets, I was going to the movie that night with some friends, and somebody was like, oh, whatever, Optimus Prime dies. What, what? First thing was like shock, anger, frustration, disbelief, and then I tried to convince myself it was a lie. (laughs) Because I didn't want it to alter my movie experience. But the whole time, I'm sitting here thinking, Optimus Prime's about to die can't die. Optimus Prime can't die. It's Optimus Prime. He can't die. I'm thinking that the entire movie. I'm preparing myself for his death. I'm expecting the death of Optimus Prime. That's like, what? That can't happen. It's like the end of the Simpsons. It's never gonna happen. <laughs> right? So when it happened, I was like, no, are you serious? And it, it seriously took me away from the movie for a minute because I was so upset that somebody really did that to me, I was like, wow, are you fucking serious? Like, why do you think that's okay? Who would do that to somebody? That's so fucking rude. It took me out of the fact that it was still a good movie that I could enjoy. He came back, by the way, right? Mm -hmm. But for a while during that movie, it was really hard. And I didn't say anything to the people that I was with. I didn't want to ruin their experience. I just sat there and I was kind of pissed off and I let it take me out of the moment. Mm. I let it prevent me from enjoying the remaining scenes in the movie until Optimus Prime came back. But then when he did come back, I was still kind of
0: pissed off. Now, real quick, are you sure you're not talking about part two?
1: It was part two, yeah, yeah, Okay, sorry. okay. Yes, w- when did that one come out? Probably like 20- 2009. Probably somewhere around there, yeah. Something like that, a couple years later? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I-, I was I was like really affected by that, and I still remember it to this day. Right. Something that seems so little, but it truly altered my experience. Definitely for the negative.
2: Fun. I've, yeah. got, I've got a different point of view because, you know, something I really haven't told too many people. But, Uh-oh. Yep. I was an instigator. Uh-oh. I did it maliciously once. Really? I really did. And I, I actually felt bad about it. Later, I kind of laugh at it still, but it, it really was in a malicious way. Um, used to be a store manager at GameStop a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I would even say a different lifetime, almost. No, <laughs> Okay. How old are you? Kidding. Kidding. <sighs> Don't worry about it. You're I'll a bit tell sure. you. 37. <laughs> <laughs> but um, right next to the store, you know, because I had a mall store. Right next to okay. the store was a bookstore. Was it in the mall or just outside the
1: mall? In the mall. So it was inside of the mall. Inside okay, the, the mall, it.
2: and you know what? I was a very good friend with the store manager at the bookstore, mm-hmm. and we were doing a midnight release for a video game, but next door they were doing the midnight release for Harry Potter book seven, Deathly mm-hmm. Hallows.
1: Is this why you said Harry Potter earlier? <laughs> oh no, I just
2: <laughs> know, you know that about this. A lot of people. No. Oh, okay. And um, <laughs> you know, I at that time I couldn't stand Harry Potter. Why? Because I'd never read the books. Um, I thought they were annoying, just a bunch of little kids dressing up and, and, uh, pretending to do spells out in the yard. And then, uh, I see all these adults dressing up outside the bookstore waiting for the book to release at midnight. So you were bah humbug about Harry Potter? Oh, I was annoyed, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna ruin these people's night. And I look at it now, and I really feel shitty about it, because it was really something bad. We had a door that separated GameStop from the bookstore. Mm-hmm. I opened up the door, knocked on his side of the door, and said, "Hey, you got a copy of the book?" So it was one of those double door things. Yep. Like it wasn't a customer passage at all. Not a customer it was, passage. Okay. It was literally just a wall just with a door, the so that I could actually we could go from store to store if we wanted to. Got it. Um, opened up the door and said, "Hey, can I get a copy of the book real quick?" It's like, "Yeah, sure. Here." like, thanks. Just letting you know that people are going to be yelling in a minute. He's like, I don't even want to know. He closes the door. He probably should have taken the book back by then. <laughs> but I stood out, you know, right up against the gate. I had my gate down. And I pulled open the book. I went to the very last chapter and I read it as loud as I could. And I, I really did have a lot of people yelling at me and cussing at me. I had people shaking the gates. Why the hell did you do that? <sighs> Immaturity. I was definitely just venting. But it was something that uh, was a very bad time in my life. <laughs> um, it was something I, I, I realize now that I had ruined that book. Mm-hmm. Just the, the wonder that they would have had
0: from that book. Or I would suggest not even just the book, but the whole series. Yeah, because well, it's up to seven plus years.
2: Yeah, literally seven books over time. It it did ruin the whole everything that it had built. Right. So I mean, I look at it now and I go, "That was a stupid thing." It really was. You're an asshole, Glenn. Oh yeah, I was definitely an asshole. I was 100 percent an asshole. Oh man, where was this at? Mm, this was down in Vancouver, Washington. Mm. About what was it? Two thousand six, almost two
1: thousand seven. Three days later, Glenn was chased out of town, and he's been in Tacoma ever since.
2: Oh no, no, <laughs> I'm just not at all. Actually, uh, never heard from any of those people after that. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they were pretty pissed. Well, you didn't follow in the Harry Potter circles, it sounds like. No, I didn't follow th- <laughs> those circles at all. Um. But looking back at at things now, because I've had a few things spoiled for me in movies and books, Mm -hmm. I go, okay, well now I know why those people were so upset. I get it. I was never really that big into the Harry Potter stuff. I do enjoy them. Mm -hmm. But um, I could see why someone who really was into that would have been pretty upset. What do you think motivated you
1: to do that back then? What prompted that?
2: Oh, I thought it was funny. Hmm. I really did. I was looking at these people going, oh, these guys are dressed up for a midnight release. You didn't take them seriously. I didn't take them seriously, no. Hmm. As a matter of fact, I thought, come on, guys, this is really ridiculous. It's a book. It's a story. The Bible's a book, too. It's a story as well. That's quite true. I don't mind spoiling that book for people, though. Well, I think we all know what I it is. I, I, I don't think, uh, if, if you're in the Christian faith, I don't believe that God would actually care if you spoiled that book for others. (laughs) He's like, yeah, tell them how it ends. Go for it. (laughs) I'm referring to the fact that you didn't take it seriously. You say it's just a story. It's just a book. It's just a
1: story. The same could be said for the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people would take great offense to that statement. Oh, yeah. Now, again, this is hypothetical. Please don't uh, misconstrue this for me saying the Bible is just a book, just a story. But that's what it is, mm-hmm. right? So, so to minimize a Harry Potter book and say those two things that are indeed facts about it could also be facts about the Bible, right? Right. Um, or the Quran for that matter, or whatever you subscribe to.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, crazy. No, I get it. Oh. I, I totally get it. Now that was, it was really stupid. <laughs> it was something that was just malicious and and in my opinion, now vile. I get a chuckle out of it every once in a while, but then it just sobers me when I go, you know what? I wouldn't like it if someone had done that to me with, let's say, Star Wars. Uh-huh. Um, granted, now I don't really care about Star Wars now. But you love that movie. You <laughs> haven't seen it five times. No. You haven't seen no it more. five times. Six I, times. Did. I did. I did see it five times total. And the more I watched it, the more I hated it, the less I cared about the series. Angry face. Yes. No spoilers here. No spoilers. Although, we are guilty of doing some spoilers already. You with Transformers, me with Harry Potter, because there are people oh, yeah. that haven't read it yet. Yeah, and for that, what, and you know what? Into my defense, Rohit did say spoiler, he did spoiler alert. Well, to, yeah, he did did begin spoiler
0: more You the beginning of this episode. I think the statute of limitations on entertainment is. It's a couple years. Yeah. Well, what do we got here? I mean. <laughs> you know, maybe not, a couple months. Yeah. You know, <laughs> ten <laughs> years later, I think, you know. Yeah,
1: I think I'm safe. I think I'm yeah. safe yep oh
2: man man that's crazy have you ever been on the other end I have had other things spoiled for me yeah Yeah. and again like I said after having some things spoiled for me I realized how bad it was that I had actually done that to others yeah
1: yeah it's I can't think of a a ton of instances where it's happened to me but that's one that like really stuck
2: with me it sounds so little right but it truly truly altered my experience Mm -hmm. for this movie well, there, there's, there's also times where you don't even realize you're spoiling something.
1: Oh. Those are
2: like the accidental spoilers, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like what? Oh, for instance, Game of Thrones, right? We're all big Game of Thrones fans. We'll watch it. Ooh. But those that have read the books, man, I got to tell you, it's so hard as a, as a book reader now, um, it's so hard for me to read those books and not say something when something's coming up in the series. Oh, oh I can't wait for this episode, which I'm guilty of doing. I'm guilty of doing but I I do my best not to say something but now everyone's going oh something big is going to happen in that episode.
1: Hmm. Do you think that comes from eagerness to share knowledge?
2: Yeah. I to think s- in that
1: case To yes. seem knowledgeable, to feel knowledgeable, to
0: feel relevant. Could be. Yeah, I mean I I've got a you know a couple things. It it really comes from in I think this is very closely re- bleh, related. <laughs> English um, to our episode thirty-four, gossiping.
1: Mm, you know, okay.
0: why do people do it? It's it's to have a, a sense of power, a sense of um, I'm a. Even though it's a spoiler, I'm a resource, and and I know that seems like it it would be the complete opposite, but but that's a. That's the mind. That's the mindset. That seems valid because
1: it it seems like someone who would do that is piping up to feel important to feel like. Yeah, a resource. I like that word that you used because they feel like they're the source of something
0: you didn't know. Yeah. Um, a, a fantastic example. I think two two shows, three shows, three shows that I can think of that really have a strong following. Um, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, and Lost. Oh, I've never really all, Lost. All three of those were... Um, episodic everything contributed to the overarching story. And so with that Damn. what what happened was it was almost like a community. Like I I did not I mean I'll say this I still don't really enjoy Game of Thrones. But I watch every episode. <laughs> do you really? I do. Um I don't really find enjoyment out of it, you hmm. know. I'm the the story just everything I'm it's just not my thing, but I still watch it because I really enjoy the next day. Being part of the conversation. Being part of the conversation. And so when, back when I was working, wow. um, you're still working by the way. Yeah, still working. But, <laughs> but back when, uh, you know, I wasn't in, in the traditional nine to five, that was our Monday routine. We would get oh, together yeah, about eight yeah, 30, yeah. sunny and them walk over to Starbucks. And on the way there, we'd be like, did you see what happened? He slept with two of his sisters or, you know, I mean, just was bad game with Jones. Game of Thrones Game joke, of but um, it's probably not too far <laughs> off, <laughs> but but it was it was so much fun, you know. And and some of those moments were were highlights for me because we, we got a chance to explore and share different perspectives. And not just that, but oh, did you see this? And Kyle comes in, yeah, but did you know that that actually relates to something that happened in season two? It's like, I didn't even think about that, like, you're right, you know. And it, and it contributed to the overall enjoyment of the show. Mm-hmm. Which is why I also subscribed to a lot of like post, uh, lost podcasts and Game of Thrones podcasts that wouldn't do spoilers, and it would give me a chance to have that hour-long episode go on even longer, two, three hours, hmm. as as they're diving in and talking about like what they think is also post Episode happens. discussion, yeah,
1: kind of like Talking Dead,
0: yeah, that they do mm-hmm. on the TV. exactly. And I and I think in a in a sense. It's it's difficult to have that now because of not only spoilers, but just binge watching in itself. Like with Lost, Game of Thrones, all this kind of stuff, you really don't know what's going to happen till next week. So they, they build you up and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? And you spent all, all week long even talking to certain people about it. But now it's like, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? What is that hatch all about? Next episode. Oh, okay, that's where it is. So you don't have that week-long buildup of exploring all these ideas. And in a way, I think it kind of takes some power away from truly great TV shows. Lost was the first of its kind to to really have this strong gathering, this strong following. And because it was brand new, it wasn't like Walking Dead where people have the comic books to look at for reference or Game of Thrones where there's the books for reference. It was truly unique, and so all ideas, everything, everything provided a fresh perspective. And when people give spoilers, I think I think mean, first we have to take a look at what what a spoiler is, and I think it's preventing someone from seeing something with fresh eyes. Hmm. For example, with you and Transformers Two, you know, I don't know if you grew up on Transformers, but for those who did. The death of Optimus Prime is, like, life-altering. Here's this character that you've grown up with that stands for, you know, truly the good guys. And because your your mindset was altered, that's why it's so deep even for you today. It wasn't just, oh, you're just going to see a movie just for the sake of seeing a movie. Mm-mm. It was from the moment that started or really from the moment you heard it, it altered your fresh perspective. You didn't have that anymore. You were robbed of that experience. Um, yeah, I already went into the movie attempting
1: to clear my head of a overhyped perspective of the movie.
0: Yeah. And sometimes you you even have that with the person that you're going with. Yeah. Um, there was a guy I used to go to the movies with quite often. Glenn? And... Um, he would (laughs) yes glenn okay no this is about glenn and i don't know if you remember this conversation um i'm just kidding but but glenn a lot of times like he he really enjoys the cinema and he thinks about uh kind of the behind the scenes stuff the the storytelling the foreshadowing the linking the pieces together and so a lot of times like he'll see stuff and he'll be like oh i bet you this is what's going to happen and he'll kind of whisper it but but a little too loudly, like, Kyle, I think this is what's going to happen. And then sure enough, that happens. But it prevented me from seeing it with fresh eyes, because now I'm paying more attention to the mm-hmm. foreshadowing and stuff like that. And so I, I talked to him. I was like, Glenn, like, you know, I'm you enjoy the movies this way. I enjoy the movies this way. Like, could you just not say that? And he was like, yeah, cool. No problem whatsoever. But I, I think that requires something too, is when you have somebody who's spoiling stuff, let them know. You know, we mm-hmm. all have a friend who did that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's an accidental spoiler. Would, would do stuff all the time. Especially when it came to Game of Thrones because he had read the books. He'd be like, oh, don't get too attached to these people. Or don't do this or whatever.
1: So the whole time you're just waiting for them to die or get killed or raped or something crazy. Yeah. Because all that crazy shit happens in that show.
0: And so I w- we would tell him. We'd, we even stopped inviting him. <laughs> <laughs> because for him he didn't think it was a spoiler oh i didn't say who's gonna die or i didn't say this or that but he's smiling just fine, his actually. and you know that he's like doing it maliciously because again what that's doing when you give someone spoilers you're expressing a sense of power a sense of knowing a sense of i understand better than you do you are ignorant right now to the knowledge that i have That's what I see. And and I'm almost
1: thinking that, is it even active malice? I don't think it's active malice. With with him or just in general? Well, that scenario, I think in general it could be active malice. But I think in that one, it almost sounds like um, self-indulgence in being the source of knowledge. So concerned with the fact that That person wanted to display that they knew something that you didn't. Yeah. That they didn't even consider what their actions were actually doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because it it would ruin our experience. (laughs) And so we just, you know, didn't invite him. And and we still went on and and enjoyed it. I think another thing, and I don't know how we are on time, but one of the things that we haven't really talked about is... We've been talking about spoilers with movies and books, but there's other spoilers in life as well. And we did an episode seventy-seven, events versus experiences, where we talked about you know what's what's more valuable—is it the event mm. or is it the experience? And I think that can be contributed to spoilers as well.
1: One hundred percent.
0: If if I go to the zoo, for example, and I'm like, oh, it was okay, but you know what, the lions area was so horrible you know just skip it
1: they're lazy they don't do anything
0: yeah and you can't even see them you know just skip it maybe it was just the day that i went on but now when you go you are going to alter your behavior you are going to do things differently based off my input and so now am i robbing you of the experience that you could have
2: 100 percent 100%. 100%. It, Definitely setting expectations.
0: Yeah.
1: Because even if I do if I do go and look at the Lions, I'm doing so with limited
2: expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, then it, you've got those situations where people overhype something. Oh, 100%. You know they enjoy something so much. They go, "Oh my god, you got to go see that because that was just the best thing in, mm-hmm. in the entire world." You get there and you're like, uh, okay this this is good but it wasn't great it wasn't yeah. as awesome as
1: he said it was and where does it cross so from an experience standpoint where does it cross the boundary of sharing an experience or potentially spoiling an experience and I have this question because I want to share an experience with you gents today that I shared with my father it's an experience that I think he would truly enjoy so I wanted to give him in great detail where I got the most enjoyment out of it. And it was sailing. Emily took me sailing on my birthday last year. So a huge sailboat, I don't even know how big it was, 60, 70, 80 feet, it was a monster. There's probably 15 or 20 people on it. Um, and I think the guy said it was a 90 or 100 foot mass in the middle. Now, I had never been sailing before. I've been on boats and cruise ships and ferry boats and all kinds of things like that. Um, but I had never been on a sailboat. So I was like, okay, cool, it's gonna be awesome, we're gonna chill, we brought lunches, we brought drinks and stuff like that because you bring everything on the sailboat. Um, I was super excited about it, but my expectations didn't really truly exist. I hadn't really talked to anyone about sailing truly. Uh, To me, I thought sailing was a lot of work and I didn't understand the appeal. Why are people so into this uh, as a sport or a leisure activity? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't have a motor, right? Why would someone enjoy that so much? Didn't understand it. Until the sailboat pulled away um, from the pier. It was in downtown Seattle. sailboat pulled away. Motor's running. They pull the sails up. Sails full of wind. They're nice and taut. They shut the motor off. The freedom and the silence you experience and to know that you're being powered by nothing more than nature is was extremely powerful and moving to me. And it was really actually emotional. I'm sitting on the edge of this sailboat and as these sails catch wind and we begin to, to, I don't know any sailing or boating terms, so forgive me. And we begin to track forward, the sail leans. And the guy tells, hey, we're gonna lean this direction. Just hold on, you're fine there, but hold on. Because I'm literally sitting on the edge of the sailboat, feet are hanging over the edge of the sailboat. We lean over, I had to lean back and put my hands back because this boat is tilting like this, being powered by nothing but the wind. An amazing experience I'll probably never forget. And I shared that detail with my dad who also has a desire to go sailing. He wants to buy a sailboat. He's never been sailing in his life before, but he just has a desire to do it. Now, I said all that to maybe ask the question, where do we cross the line where it's sharing an intimate experience versus potentially spoiling someone else's? Because I I can guarantee you that probably
0: will alter his experience the first time he goes sailing, because now he may think that. Wow. And that's something I hadn't even considered, is when you were sharing about a personal experience. Mm -hmm. was that doing for someone else? Because
2: it's hard hard to gauge what another person is going to do with the information. Yeah. If 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 I let you know that this was my experience, you know, this is what I gathered, and this is what really touched me and
1: what really moved me, Um, does that person... Do you look at that person knowing what they like or have an understanding of what you think they like and say, okay, I can see why Glenn would like that, and you still go into it with semi-fresh eyes, you just have someone else's perspective? Um, or
2: are they looking to have that same experience now?
0: Yeah. I know one of the things that, that? I do is <clears throat> if if I, for example, I, I attend a lot of personal development seminars, and I've got friends who do the same now, just people that I meet at different places. So if there's one coming up, like my friends will say, okay, you know, there's one here Who who's all going. And uh, one of the things that I'll do is if, if I attend one where they didn't, I'll I'll ask, do you have any interest in attending? And then if they do, then I won't dive in. But if they don't, then yeah, I'll dive in about my experiences. Like think about, you know, one of the rules when you attend one of my events is don't talk about this to anyone for the same reason, it will alter your experience. And so if, for example, if, if I go, um, one of the things that, that's on my list is there's an airport nearby, Puyallup Airport, and for $100, they, you can go in and uh, they'll give you a flying lesson. So enough for you to fly the plane for a little bit, land or whatever, but that's, that's one thing that I'm doing. So I'm setting it up right now, and afterwards, You better believe I'm going to be telling everyone about that because Mm -hmm. it's so incredible. But one of the things that I'll do is, Kyle, Glenn, do you have any interest in doing this for yourself? If you guys say no, cool, then I will fully dive into it. But if you guys say, yeah, you know, that's something that I've really been considering. I've been, you know, talking about it and and I think that's something I'm going to do. Okay, great. Well, now I'm going to tell you about the non-emotional stuff. Okay, yeah, you know, here's what happens. For, for the first half hour, they, they go over some lessons, and then you actually get some flight time. It, it's, pretty, it's a pretty neat experience. It, almost like you, you take the emotion out of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it. But so say, you know, Glenn does want to fly. That's what I would tell him. Now say, Kyle, you don't want to fly. And i like, Kyle, it was so amazing. I mean, just imagine being up and looking around and, and seeing these roads and stuff that you only know from a single perspective. And, you know, I'm used to flying over this area 35,000 feet in the air. But now I'm like 300 feet in the air. So mm-hmm. it gives you a different perspective. I would dive into it. But with Glenn, who does want to fly, I wouldn't dive into it. And so maybe we, we talk about the non-emotional aspects of it. Don't you think emotional is individual? Because your emotional response is different than mine. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you mean? I'm, I'm not quite sure I follow you. So, like your emotional response to an event is going to be different than mine. Mm-hmm. So, when you explain to me your emotional response to flying, do you think that that would affect me more or less than the actual uh, flight itself? Got it. I, I because think... I may not respond the same. So I may say, okay, oh, I, I understand why a row hit feels this way because I know that you love planes. You talked about your story about being in the cockpit of a 747 or whatever it was, 737. Mm-hmm. Oh, seven thirty seven. 737. 737. Um, I
2: understand
1: Was it, joy... yeah. it, it a DC-80? What's a DC-80? I think it's still Boeing. <clears throat> okay. Is it a type of
0: 737? Yeah. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah.
1: Not as important. For this, for this discussion. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I understand your uh, affinity for airplanes and mm-hmm. flight. I, and I think I bring that understanding to your story when you tell me that. Do you think that, yeah, I think I'm just trying to maybe wrap my head around what what has a greater
0: effect on somebody I think it would be emotion. Yeah. Um, you love your, your Acura, right, that you bought?
1: hmm
0: Like I've heard you talk about how, you know, you really enjoy it. It's, it's transformed a lot of your activities that you can do. You go skiing a lot. That's, that's what you use it for. I think to, to someone who is deciding to buy a car, maybe you go over the specs of it. You know, here's what it can do. Here's why I bought it. Here's the logic behind it. But someone who you know, is not interested, maybe you go more emotional. Actually, that's a bad example. Yeah, one's well, kind of weird. Yeah.
1: But, but here's why I think I say that, is because, like the zoo thing again, right? Uh-huh. If you don't know that there's white Bengal tigers at the zoo, but you tell me that, you know, oh, you went to the zoo, I haven't been there yet, how'd you like it? Well, hey, I loved it, here's why. And yeah. you give me an emotional reason, I understand why you love it, and I don't allow that to shape my opinion of it.
2: That's kind of the direction I'm going. I understand there are why still you people love that will let that. Uh, there are still people that will let that affect Yeah. how they view things.
1: But I, and I understand that part. I'm just thinking, I'm trying to maybe wrap my head around what would affect someone more. You know, why you dislike Star Wars versus why someone else does. It's strictly emotional.
2: Oh, yeah. Mine's, well, strictly Which is emotional fine. and logical. Which is fine. Your logic. Well, we can get into storyline logic, but that's also spoiler t- uh, area. So. If you expect every movie you watch to have a logical storyline, then you should stop watching movies now. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: See? See what I'm saying? So that, I- unless you apply that, what you just said, if you don't apply that statement to every single movie you watch, that's out of the argument for Star Wars. Mm. So that that's what I'm saying there, right? So... I think that's maybe what I'm what I'm thinking is, if, if someone wants you to share an experience with them, an the experience you had, Roy, tell me about this. How was that for you? Mm-hmm. I wanna know how it was for you. Yeah. I don't wanna know that, well, when you get up into the plane, uh, the seat is really cramped, it's cold. Um, there's, it's really noisy. So like, now that's what I, I go into, it, like, oh man. I go into this experience thinking I'm gonna be cold and it's gonna be noisy, and now it doesn't sound as much fun to me. Mm-hmm.
2: And if it was cramped for him, geez. <laughs> yeah, you're no some, I'm, I'm definitely not screwed. Yeah, you didn't even fit. uh <laughs> huh. I don't know. I mean it's it's tough, right?
0: I th- I think it it depends on what you allow to influence you. Okay. There there are two episodes I can think of. One and, and I think about this now because you brought up uh, the whole cockpit thing. Mm-hmm. One is Episode twenty one, embracing your inner child. Oh yeah. And then ninety-six through the eyes of a child. Okay. When when I go into something, I go in and and you guys know this. I'm a I'm a kid. I go in with the excitement level of a kid. At the same time, I can have conversations about that are so in depth that I lose people. If I'm talking about subconscious behavior, or if I'm talking about astro and theoretical physics because I, those two are my, my huge passions. My DVR is full of like, you know, astrophysics type stuff. So I've got that deep side, but at the same time, my DVR has got SpongeBob on it <laughs> because I, I can find enjoyment in that. And people are like, oh, it's for little kids. Maybe, but I find enjoyment out of it because I'm not seeing this for, oh, it's only meant for kids. I'm saying this, okay, what's the story? What's what's the adventure that they're gonna go on today? And and I laugh and I cry and I feel the emotion behind it. And I can tell you there are people who make fun of me all the time because of my attitude, because I go in with fresh eyes and, and because I try not to let external factors affect my enjoyment of the experience. There are people who look at me like I'm immature. Sure, that's fine. But I know that's how I get the most value out of life. And so I think what you're, what, what you're talking about, Kyle, it, it could require a certain level of self-understanding that you know what? no matter what someone says, I'm gonna enjoy this. Like think back to movies that, that you guys like that nobody else does. but for some reason you like it. And no matter what, I say, you just it, it won't affect you because you know what you love that thing. And so I, I think it, it has to do with, it, in terms of other people ruining your experiences of certain events or whatever. I think it depends on your self-understanding. That makes sense. And, and I think there's a beauty to that. One of the episodes that we did a long time ago was... Our, our favorite childhood memories, or, oh, or something yeah. like that, you know. Things that make you smile. Things that make you smile. And we, yeah, we talked about childhood memories. And um, which mine's coming up soon, bro. <laughs> I can't wait. You know, I can't wait for that. And the thing with that is, you talked about for you, what really made you smile in in life—a a true, genuine, heart-to-heart smile—is waking up from a nap, seeing Christmas lights, and watching. Um, Christmas story. A Christmas story. Mm-hmm. I listened to that
2: episode. Yeah,
0: and that was a long time. <laughs> yeah, I love Christmas. <laughs> I'm a Hindu whose favorite holiday is Christmas. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Awkward. But um, but there are different things that I love about Christmas, and so if if you and I think this goes back to what you were trying to s- s- differentiate earlier, mm-hmm. if that's your favorite experience, tell me about it because I want to know because that brings me closer to you it will give me a new appreciation for that and i i tell you it has when i watch christmas story now it has a different spin on it for me because of you <laughs> and i think that's that's the thing is is once you really know what what you enjoy it, it, external factors won't bother you as much um, there was man i'm okay i'm just going to i'm just gonna say this i don't remember who it was but they were talk about how if somebody – Star Wars, for example, right? So, Glenn, you were a, a diehard for the first six. Sorry. You know, and you the know the what I mean. The original trilogy, you know, yes, yeah. but go for it. So much so that, that Kyle, I went to movies, Star Wars movies with Glenn, and I'm standing in front of the theater waiting for, for Glenn to show up, and I'm looking around. I don't see him. Looking around. I don't see him. And then I see this guy walking with a Darth Vader helmet towards me.
2: That was me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all, which one was that?
2: No, I was standing in line when he walked up. He just walked by me a couple huh. times. and he's was like, like, That was funny. He starts texting me. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Rohit, I'm like right behind you. He's was like. hard
1: to see where? The Darth Vader I'm mask, like,
2: but... really? I'm right here. I take off the mask. No.
0: <laughs> and see, the, the reason why I bring that up. He <laughs> don't recognize the big guy. <laughs> because the, the thing helmet. is. You and you enjoyed that, right? It it brought you happiness. It did. And so, what what I would what I would suggest is instead of just writing off Star Wars altogether now because you don't like a lot of the the social justice stuff or, or whatever direction that they're going in, you found enjoyment in it. Turn that off and enjoy it. And and it's gonna be tough. So tough. But I can tell you, I watched Solo. I thought it was was a fun movie. There are very few movies that I don't like because I go in with that fresh-eyed perspective. I forgot about Solo. I still didn't see it yet. I need to. It's a fun movie. So heard. But if you try to make sense of everything, then why do you watch 80s action movies?
1: Because they're fantastic. What do you mean? Tango and Cash?
0: See? But like... Predator? (laughs) Predator. Right? Terminator.
1: Early, maybe early 90s, but
0: whatever. And so if you, if you think about it that way, if you go in with a fresh perspective and just enjoy it for what it is, instead of trying to pick it apart, I love Sharknado movies. <laughs> right? But at the same time, I'm not comparing it to a masterpiece like Godfather 1. Or Top Gun. But I'm seeing it with a fresh perspective. I'm enjoying it. And it's fun. That's what it's meant to do. That's what it's designed to do. So why not have fun? Hmm. And I think when you have that kind of a perspective on things, it just opens up a whole new world to you. I think that's key. The word perspective
1: versus the word expectation. Mm -hmm. If you share an experience with me, I get your perspective. If you share an activity with me, it changes my expectation. Like if you tell me all the intricate pieces of this flight, that changes my expectation. Mm-hmm. But if you share your experience, I get your perspective. I get Rohit's perspective. I get what Rohit felt in the cockpit. I get what Rohit felt in that seat, in that oh, pilot seat. Yeah. And I think that's that's what I just gathered from you saying that just now.
0: And in a roundabout way, I think the same can be said about people. Yeah. Um, this past Sunday, we went to Dave & Buster's for Unlimited Wings. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was fantastic. It a lot of wings. But I got to meet your buddy, Tim. Uh-huh. I've been hearing about Tim for years from you, from Sam. Like, I've been hearing a lot about him. But looking back now, you never told me about him. Like, you would mention him, but you wouldn't say, oh, yeah, Tim, he's this way. Or he likes these things or you whatever. You didn't have an, oh, you, well, maybe you did. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm so, realizing this now. So I, when I never considered that. Yeah, when I met him, it was like, hey, Tim, like, nice to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. I'm really happy to meet you. And he was like, yeah, and then as we, it got me a chance to get to know him and create my own version of Tim that's different from your version of Tim. It's
1: like when you read a book and you create this character in your head and then you go see a movie and it's not what oh, you yeah. created. Yeah. But then as you watch the movie, you're kind of like, okay, I can accept this version of this person. Yeah. I had never
0: even considered that. Those characters, that, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Man. Well, gents, Glenn, you got anything
2: else? Not really. Stop spoiling shit for people. That was the last time I actually intentionally spoiled something for someone. I'm glad you learned your
1: lesson, because that was fucked
2: up. That was, yeah, it was definitely fucked up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the GYST Podcast. We got about 130, 140 episodes in for y'all. So we want to appreciate y'all listening to all these episodes. I want to give a big old shout out to the homegirl, Tisha Johnson Carr. She is um, has just been a loyal listener for a long time. Always gives us feedback and input on social media posts and different episodes out there. So Tisha, good looking now. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you listening uh, for, for so long now. And you know what? Ro, you got any mugs? We, yeah, we've got some mugs. Tisha, we're going to hit you up. If you don't already have a mug, I can't remember if I gave you one a while ago or if hit did. Um, we're going to get you a mug, by the way. So we're going to reach out. Or if you're listening, just reach out to us. Hit us up on uh, social media. So with that said, everybody, thanks for tuning in to the episode all about spoilers. What is a spoiler? How do you define it? What experience have you had with a spoiler? Have you been the spoiler? Or have you been spoiled? And more importantly... What goes into that? What goes into the response of someone who has been spoiled? What goes into the mindset of somebody who feels that it's a good idea to spoil something for somebody? Whether that is a movie, a book, a television show, or an experience.
2: Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not nice. (laughs) I've just got one spoiler. It is not nice. That we can share. and I think it's actually a good one. What's that? We'll be back with more. Oh, we will.
0: Oh, this is awkward. I was going to resign after this episode. Oh, so. Spoiler alert. These two will be back. (laughs) back. Everybody but (laughs) Rohit. I was looking (laughs) at at (laughs) (laughs) Kyle when I said that. We will be back
1: with more. So thanks again, everybody. Tune in next week to another fantastic episode of the GYSD podcast. Get your shit together.
0: Toodaloo. Thanks everyone for tuning in to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together.